It's no secret that real estate is one of the best investment vehicles out there, but how can we determine which strategies will best align with our financial ambitions? Well, you've come to the right spot. Whether you're an active real estate entrepreneur, a passive investor, or looking to get into real estate investing, our goal is to provide investors with the insights and strategies for building our portfolios all while protecting our capital. I'm Daniel Nichols, and this is the Two Smart Assets Real Estate Investing Podcast. Are you looking to grow your real estate investing business? Fortune Cribs can help. Fortune Cribs helps investors buy short-term rentals in select markets around the country for as little as 10% down with cash-on-cash returns in the 20 to 30% range. Fortune Cribs will design, furnish, and manage all the day-to-day operations, making your experience truly hands-off. And it doesn't matter where you're at in your real estate investing journey, whether you're trying to get your first deal or scale your portfolio, Fortune Cribs can help. So if you want to take the next step, go to fortunecribs.com and book your free consultation to see how Fortune Cribs can best help you. Once again, that's fortunecribs.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Daniel Nichols, accompanied by our guests for the week, Anthony Faso and Cameron Christensen. And today we are not one, not two, but we are the three smart assets. Mm. For those not yet familiar with Anthony and Cameron, they are the founders of Infinite Wealth Consultants and hosts of the Infinite Wealth Podcast. Anthony and Cameron are passionate about empowering families and business owners to create passive income and build wealth without the risks of Wall Street. Guys, it's great to see you both. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Yeah, I'm hyped up about this show. I've been excited to speak with you guys for a while now. You know, we briefly touched on who you are, but I know there's a lot more to it. So let's just start there. Uh, let's hear more about you. Uh, tell us more about your background and your story. Go ahead, man. I, real quick, I'd say I'm uh, I'm a recovering CPA. Had my own CPA firm, and when 2008 happened, I kind of realized you know that typical financial advice just wasn't working, and I started to learn. And my, my, I took the blinders off because all I thought was IRA, 401k, stock market. But I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I read Becoming Your Own Banker. And I learned I learned the different ways of building wealth. And so I started doing that myself. And then my clients would say, hey, I, I don't trust the stock market. What are you doing? And I'd share with what I was doing. And uh, then that, that ended up becoming a business, but then I had my CPA firm and kind of more financial services. And, you know, I think it, it's hard to be an expert in multiple areas. So I, I had to make a choice, v- really easy choice, <laughs> to be honest, uh, to stop, to stop doing taxes. So mm-hmm. I sold my firm and been doing this a uh, full time. And kind of what we do is I feel like we take the teachings of becoming your own banker, right? Is passive income is more than your monthly expenses. Mm. And we couple that, we can expedite that using the infinite banking concept. Well said. My background is that, uh, man, when I moved to, I'm originally from North Idaho. I moved to Las Vegas 17, 18 years ago. And almost immediately I started a small business, Danny. And, you know, luck had it, I was doing pretty well. And uh, I was sitting on a bunch of cash And what I started looking for is I started looking for places to put my money. And I came across every traditional, typical retirement plan that was out there. And I felt like I was the only one that thought all of those were crazy. Because every time I sat down with somebody, really, it was all I heard him say was, hey, you're going to put your money in here and you can't touch it till you're 59 and a half. And I don't know about you, but having kind of an entre- entrepreneurial mindset is I did not like putting my money somewhere where I could not access it. 
Right. And so, you know, fast forward, I know we're short on time here, but really the key and the defining moment for me was when my wife and I were buying our house is by the grace of God, I asked our broker if he had a good book for a young couple. And he handed me Nelson Nash's book. And he goes, if I would have read this when I was your age, it would have been the difference of millions of dollars. I took that book. <laughs> I went home and I read it three times the first night. Wow. And I was actually pretty pissed off when I read it. <laughs> <laughs> I tell everybody this page 45 in there outlines why paying cash is not the best option for anything. I just paid, you know, the written, the biggest check of my life. And I was really upset. But from that moment forward, as I started adapting the infinite banking concept to my personal finances, and it was night and day. And so that's really what got me kind of going down this tangent was I was a practitioner, somebody that was doing this first for several years. And again, kind of like Anthony, as I started telling people, hey, I just started talking to small business owners and saying, hey, here's some of the things that I've done to help alleviate any sort of cash flow issues that I have in my business. You might want to look at it. And then they started asking questions and you know, just kind of off and running from there. And I transitioned into advising full-time and I've been doing it uh, for one day longer than Anthony has. <laughs> so <he's> that's, all. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome, man. I'd love to hear those stories, you know, and I know we're going to talk a lot about infinite banking in this episode today because, uh, you know, that's the, the hot topic, right, that we want to discuss. But before we dive into that, you know, um, you kind of talked about some financial advice that was basically bad advice, really. And so I, I would love to dive into that just a little bit more. You know, the stuff you were getting from, from financial advisors, you know, being flat out wrong. What, what what advice were they giving and why did you consider it to be bad advice, really? Okay. Well, I don't, we don't have enough yeah. time on the show, but <laughs> we've got to bring us back for part two on that one. <laughs> what I would say, I mean, typical financial planners have their place. And to me, I think it's for people who don't want to who don't want to learn about their money and are just going to just turn their money over to a financial advisor they're going to invest it and then they're come back each year and hopefully it's gone up but what what i found is really and with the advisors is okay let's store our money here and then let's come back when we're 59 and a half and yep. then we can start enjoying it but you know what I don't. Well, now I'm now I just turned fifty, so fifty nine and a half does not sound as <laughs> as far off it's as it did, long. right? But I was like, I don't want to wait that long, right? And when I read Rich Dad Poor Dad, it wasn't about building a high net worth, which is typically what financial advisors are their goals are. Robert Kiyosaki, it's financial freedom is passive income is more than your monthly expenses. And that's true financial freedom where you don't have to work and you don't have to wait till the you're at a certain age that's determined by the government, that you're in control of it. So for us, we found that that's how we want to achieve financial freedom. And doing that in with the typical products that financial planners have just are just are not going to help you get there. And I, so I might take too much, sorry, but uh I think 401ks and IRAs are completely overused. They have their place, but the problem gets to be like I learned it in when my eyes opened in 2008 is most people had their wealth inside their 401k and their home. And then in 08, both of those, their 401k became a 201k and their house, they were underwater. 
to no fault of their own were they in that situation. It's one thing if you make bad financial decisions, you gotta you gotta pay the price. So the people needed money because maybe they were unemployed. They're taking it from their four hundred one k, so they're selling at the lowest point. They're paying taxes and a penalty. And then when they got back on their feet, they there were limits on for them to put it back. And right. then they were more hesitant because, okay, if I put the money back in there, it's going to be locked up again and I'm going to have to pay a penalty. So I, I think there's a lot of avenues and assets that you can invest in that don't need to be in an IRA, like syndications. A lot of them are with real estate. One of the great things about real estate is, is the tax advantages. When you wrap them into an IRA, we lose all of those tax advantages. So those were just a couple that I would pick. What do you say, Cam? Yeah. What I would say is lack of control, right? Is the traditional typical advice is give me your money, come back for it every six months and I'll tell you how it's doing. And then the investments that they typically put it in, if you look at those at the end of the day, there's no amount of effort. There's no amount of energy that you can exert or put into those types of accounts for them to perform better. It's really just hope and pure speculation is what's underlying most of those vehicles that they have in there. I am not a fan of that, right? (laughs) If you look at somebody that has made a whole bunch of money, right, that's created wealth in a relatively short period of time, it's because of two things. One is because of business and or real estate. And typically, and typically both. And the reason is because your ability to scale in a business and then also the ability to leverage in real estate. For me, I don't come from wealth, right? I come from North Idaho. I come, I'm just a country kid. And so, right, if I'm looking to create substantial amounts of wealth for myself and for my kids and everybody else moving forward, then you know what is I need to learn how people make and create wealth, not where to put it after they make it. And so there's a lot of bad advice out there. Uh, right. Most of the time, people just want to take your money. They don't actually educate you on how to create wealth and build. Right. And you guys bring up some great points. And I'm glad you guys said some of those things because I think a lot of people do defer. You know, they're like, hey, let's go to a financial advisor. They're going to put our money to work. You know, at, when I turn 60, I'm going to be able to go do stuff. Right. Because I got all this money saved up in these accounts. Right. Well, I don't know about, about you guys, but you know, I'm, I'm not 60, but my body already hurts and I want to be able to enjoy all that. <laughs> I want to be able to enjoy all that stuff well before I get to 60, right? And so yeah, being able yeah. having to defer all that to to that age for me is not ideal, right? And plus your your other points are great as well. So, you know, moving on from that, I know we want to talk about infinite banking. I got to be honest with you guys, this is um, we talked about this a little bit before the show. This is the first episode that we brought up this concept to the audience. Mm. So, uh really really excited about uh, uh talking about that, introducing it to uh, the audience. So let's dive into that a bit, a little bit from like a high level. What is yeah. infinite banking? How does it work? Perfect. What I would say, let me just tell you what it's not. Okay. Infinite banking is not an investment, right? The way sure. that we teach people to use infinite banking is we want them to invest in assets that, that they're knowledgeable about. And we don't want to hinder them investing in those assets. In fact, what we want, what we're going to do is we can improve the results and lower their taxes by just making a small little change. And with, with what most investors will do is they're saving up money until they can buy the investment. Like some syndications might have a minimum, or maybe they want a down payment on a house, but typically they have to save their money. And what they will do is they're save the money until they have enough then they buy the asset, drain the account. 
but they want to buy another asset. So we save up more money and then we have enough, we buy the asset and drain the account. The problem is we always end up at zero. If we're breaking we're breaking the compound interest curve and and Dan would you when do you, when would you want your money to stop compounding? Never. Okay, good answer. Good answer. The problem is the system you're using, you're breaking it every single time. What we're going to do, we just add one simple add one simple step, we're going to be able to get that uninterrupted compound interest. And what I would say is, uh, Dan, do you use a rewards credit card? Oh, yeah. Well, why do you use a rewards credit card as opposed to just paying cash? Well, because I don't get any free stuff with my cash. Mm. Exactly, right? You're like, I'm going to buy this anyways. By adding one extra step, a credit card, I'm going to get a bonus, miles, cash back, or so forth. You know what? Infinite banking are often called IBC for short. It really isn't that complicated. You know, we just, and agents and I do it as well. We, 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 end, up, we end up making it more complicated than it is. True. But really, if you can understand a rewards credit card, you can understand infinite banking. All we're saying is we want you to invest. And by adding one extra step, r- r- running it through a policy, you're going to get an extra bonus that bonus is going to be more money because, and we're going to explain in a minute, but we can show you how you, you can never break the compound interest curve on the money you're saving. That's very intriguing. Go ahead. Danny, Danny let me add this is that uh, when somebody asks, Hey, what is infinite banking? Right. Is I usually like to cut Anthony off first and where <laughs> I'll start is I'll say that it's a, a kind of a two-part process. Number one is going to be the product, right? We've got to put our money somewhere. And so where are we going to put it? Well, if you look at all the vehicles that are out there available for you, like we touched on before, a lot of them have certain restrictions that fall that come along with those. The best place that you can keep cash or an investor can keep cash is going to be in a properly designed life insurance policy. And what we tell everybody is this ain't your mama's policy, right? So if you know about whole life, right, it's not the right one. You're thinking about something else. But the reason that we want it in there, number one, is we're going to get a much higher rate of return on the growth on your policy and your cash value. You can get around a 4% growth on that. Now that's tax-free, right? Now we also have safety and liquidity that comes along with that. And so we, it's not tied to the market. It's a contractual rate, but we can also use it. And the the liquidity and the access is going to be the second part of it. That's going to be the process. So first one, we got money inside of a policy. Second, number two is what are we going to go use it for? Like I touched on earlier is the best two places that you can take that cash value and invest it is going to be real estate and or business. And so what we do is we borrow against the cash value and we go and we make that investment into real estate. And so now what you've got is you've got $1 kind of in two different places. So you're you're leveraging your cash. And that leverage is really what kind of separates this and makes it so attractive to real estate investors is because investors understand leverage. That's why we're looking at yeah. real estate. Sure. Right. And so those that'd be kind of the, a, a quick overview, just a, a you know, kind of a, a way that we can describe it over a podcast. But we've got a lot of videos that we could share as well. And what I would say in the summary, we're not trying to change the investment. All we're changing is where your your cash has to reside somewhere. And all we're saying is let's just store that cash instead of somebody else's banking system, 
we're creating your own banking system. And there's, in, in addition to having safety and liquidity, there's a lot, a lot more advantages to it. Yeah. And I, I appreciate you guys breaking that down and kind of doing an introduction into what uh, infinite banking is. Cause that, that make that helps a lot. I know it helps with me personally. And I know our listeners will uh, be helpful for them as well. So I do have a question. So yeah. a lot of listeners, they're real estate investors. A lot of them have self-directed retirement accounts. And I know this is not the same thing as what we're talking about in infinite banking, but I know a lot of our listeners are thinking probably, Hey, maybe I'll relate it to this. So, and as you probably know, with self-directed retirement accounts, you can only invest in certain things, right? You can't invest mm-hmm. in just anything. And so I'm kind of, curious, you know, with it, with this, with this policy, you know, in terms of funding and then being able to move it into investments, are there any restrictions or anything that somebody would need to know about before actually going in and basically purchasing a policy? Here's a great thing. You know, the IRA is created by the government. So the government creates the rules. Sure. A life insurance policy. A lot of these life insurance companies were around before the IRS was. Some of them are approaching 200 years or older. So this is more of a contract between the insurance company and you. And as far as using the cash value, there there aren't any restrictions. Okay. So what is a great thing is, especially a lot of real estate investors probably cannot stand getting money from a (laughs) bank, right? Because they're asking for all these numbers, your firstborn child, receipts going back 10 years, all of that stuff. That... We don't have any of that when we access the money from our policy. Mm. You, in fact, we can set it up where you actually have a checkbook. So like, you know, I just closed on a rental property not too long ago for the down payment. I just wrote a check, deposited in my account, took a picture of it. And then that's what I use using the escrow. That's awesome. Yeah. And in regards to self-directed IRA, a lot of people... Are using real are using that for real estate, and what I think mo- the the reason being is because well that's where the money is right. They didn't know about real estate until they've already funded their IRA, and they're like, well, I have this money over here. Let me let me use that, um, and I totally get it. But as we'd mentioned earlier, some of the advantages of real estate is the tax advantages and the ability to leverage. And the problem with a self-directed IRA, you, it, so we can leverage, but typically if we get a mortgage, it needs to be a non-recourse loan. So the interest rate is going to be higher and the amount of the down, the down payment is going to be higher. So we're losing some of the advantages of the leverage and we're losing the tax, the tax benefits altogether. And we even did a video that does the math. Like we're, what, what, what we say, if something sounds too good to be true, do the math and do more research. And we actually compared, uh, what if you took the money out of your IRA, paid the tax, paid the penalty and bought a house. Uh, now, now we have the ability to leverage and take advantage of the tax deductions. Or what if you took that full hundred that's in your self-directed IRA and bought a house? Mm. And we we took into account the taxes, the leverage, cash flow, appreciation, and just the bottom line. And you're going to have to watch the video to know the answer. But there are more opportunities. Well, I'll tell you the answer. because but <laughs> It was more advantageous to pay the tax now and the penalty mm. because of the ability. Because now you only need to put 20% down. 
so you can you can control more assets. So we have more uh, or appreciating on a higher higher value, and now we can take advantage of the of the uh, of the tax advantages, and then we can amplify those advantages by taking that money out and putting it in a policy. Then we get like using a rewards credit card for real estate. Sure. Yeah, this yeah. sounds like a yeah. This that. No, go he's ahead. gonna make a comment. I can tell his face. <laughs> go, go ahead. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. No, let's hear it. it's okay, Danny. Go ahead. <laughs> Danny, we, we get this question often, right? Self-directed IRA versus whole life insurance using a policy. And Anthony, right? Anthony loves to, he's he's awesome, right? He goes into the numbers and it's all about that. Well, let's right? just stop right here. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. What I would say, right? Most of the time when you're talking to somebody and you simply ask them what their goals are, people are looking for cash flow. True. Sure. Right, they're looking to invest in something that's going to benefit them personally. When you look at self-directed IRAs and you look at all those prohibited transactions, almost all of them uh, do not allow personal benefit. Right, right. I can't buy a rental property and stay yep. in it. You know, if it's on the if it's on the beach, I can't stay in it for a month for my own personal benefit. Right, it's all, everything's at like arm's length. When people tend to realize that the, the leverage and everything else is great, but really it comes down to cash flow at the end of the day. What we are trying to do, right, is somebody is their goals can usually always be boiled down to how much cash flow they need on a monthly basis. When you get into a self-directed IRA, you're playing by the government's rules. You cannot create income off of that. If you do, you get taxed. And so really, when you compare it, it's like, hey, listen, I can take my cash value and I can go buy a, a, a beach house and I can stay in it for a month out of the year and then I can Airbnb at the rest. You've got all that personal benefit along with everything else that you'd have uh, as far as leverage and cash flow and all that stuff. So a big difference there when you're deciding which which account to use. Yeah. And I got to be honest with you, just, just from you know this brief overview of kind of what you guys have gone through, it sounds like a very powerful tool that that more people should probably be looking into. I know personally that this is something that I want to be looking into. And I've actually spoken with a number of investors who are looking something for some vehicle like this, right? Because they're considering an SD uh, IRA or an SD 401k, something like that. So uh, they're definitely looking at that. But this sounds more powerful, right? Because there's those restrictions you get with a self-directed retirement account, they can be quite cumbersome, right? And I know from my experience, it has been because I have one myself. And partic- particularly, you know, some of that, uh, uh, the bill that the Congress was trying to pass mm. was going to put even more limits yep. on IRAs. And to me, what was glaring to me is they were limiting on what you can use your IRA for. It was going to be more difficult if you wanted to invest in typically a syndication or anything that has qualifications for the investors. It was going to disallow that. It was going to make it more difficult to have you own an LLC and and to, to invest in there. And what was glaring to me that neither one of those those laws regarding the self-recorded IRA had anything to do with raising revenue. Mm-hmm. That they were, you know, trying to offset all these new costs. Why is the government? Why would they? Why would they put restrictions on what you're doing in the investment? What they're pushing everybody up to Wall Street, mm-hmm. right? And so I would be very concerned of the the additional lack of control that these IRAs are, are going to have. 
totally agree with that, man. That's a, that's a great point. And I, I know that uh, we sent out a newsletter recently, something about that. Hey, you guys need to be paying attention to this because this have serious ramifications if you have one of these accounts, right? So, but anyways, uh, back back to the infinite banking. I know a lot of our listeners are going to be super intrigued about this. Um, you know, what is some advice you would give for someone who is, who is interested in this strategy, but just beginning to learn about it, right? Because I know a lot of people are kind of like, hey, I don't know where to begin. Where would you say they start and what kind of questions should they be asking? Oh man, where should they start? They should start and find somebody that's actually implementing it, right? Is there's a lot of advisors that are out there across the country that are saying, hey, I can do IBC or yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, but uh, they don't at the end of the day, right? If I'm blunt. And uh, one of the things that I will always ask somebody is, hey, if you're speaking to somebody that's telling you how great this is, ask them what they use their policy for last. A lot of times they can set up the design, maybe get pretty close, but nobody's actually implementing it, right? It's that process piece, that second part of it where you're borrowing the cash value and looking for investments to make or vehicles to put it in or opportunities to put it into. I would say that's going to be the biggest one is make sure that the advisor is practicing it themselves. Yeah. And I would recommend that do their research. I mean, Infinite Banking came from the book called Becoming Your Own Banker. <laughs> you can get it on Amazon. It's, it's 20 bucks. Um, or with, or what, what we've done is we've created videos that, that take you step-by-step step to understand infinite banking. And we've created an online course with that. And we've also, you know, again, we've, we've done the math on the self-record IRAs. We've also done the math is, well, what if I buy this house in cash or what if I buy it through IBC? Which one's going to have more money at the end of the day? So we did the inve- we did the math there. So yeah. our course would be would be one uh, tool that so, I would suggest. So let's let, you know. I feel like we could price here and talk about this for hours, really, because I'm learning yeah. so much, and I feel like there's a lot more to learn uh, based off this. But we're running low on time, so let's dive into that a little bit more. Tell us more about your course, uh, if you can. I know you kind of talked touched on it there. Tell us more about your course, your company, what you guys are providing, and anything else you guys have going on. Yeah, our, uh, I'll start with the course. There, the course is just an educational tool for us, to be honest. Right? Is Anthony and I uh, have built kind of uh, this business up over the last 10, 11, 12 years or so that we've been doing it. And education is is vital when you're implementing the strategy, right? And so a lot of times we found ourselves having the same conversation over and over with clients. And so now what we did is we just started recording some of those and then also making supplementary videos to explain kind of our points of view. And right when we see traditional kind of financial advice that's inappropriate is we're going to make a video and we're going to address it. We try not to ruffle too many feathers and throw it out there, uh, right? But we'll put it in the course, right, for our clients to kind of look at and, and provide education. And so the course for our clients is a great way to continue to communicate to them and they can come in and they can brush up on some of the strategies and stuff. And then another way that we utilize the course is we have a whole series out there uh, in that course where if somebody's brand new, you know what, we're going to take you from A to Z and we're going to explain not only the good, but we're also going to explain some of the bad that comes along with IBC. And we're really transparent and we try to lay it out there. And so by the time somebody goes through that is they should have a very, very good understanding of infinite of infinite banking. Yeah. So mo- half of it is about infinite banking. Then the other half is, okay, great. I got a policy. What do I do with it? I want to create some passive income. A lot of people don't realize all of the different opportunities or options that 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 there are. I mean, for example, 
Cameron and I, we just bought some ATM machines mm-hmm. and we were starting a short-term rental business. Nice. So we, we have videos in there talking about different avenues to create passive income. And Cameron and I are doing it. Not only are we doing infinite banking, but we own real estate. We've been involved in syndications. We, we have ATMs. I flipped raw land, like uh, short-term rentals, uh, you know, which hopefully people can learn from our, from our experience, aka our mistakes, right? <laughs> right. We can be up front. And and help people again achieve financial freedom. <laughs> That's awesome. And, you know, I, I love that. And actually, I'm very excited to dive into that course myself because I know I got a lot to learn. It sounds like I'm gonna be able to take away a lot from that. Uh, where can our listeners uh, connect with you guys? Where can they find this stuff? Where they can go and reach out if they need to? Yeah, I'll send them two places: InfiniteWealthConsultants.com. That's our website. If you go there, you can find everything. Uh, we've got kind of the About Us page. We've got our podcast. Uh, we do have a podcast and, uh, just a brief overview is half the time, Anthony and I are talking about infinite banking. The other half is us interviewing investment opportunities, ATMs, long-term rental syndications, all those things, just to kind of let people be aware of opportunities that are out there. And then, um, yeah, we've got our course. Our course will be there as well. Yeah. So we actually, our course right oh, now, yeah. we, uh, anybody can grab it. It's, it's, it's $300. Uh, we are in the process of redesigning it and it'll, it should be live in a few weeks. When we do that, uh, it's going to be $1,000. However, for again, where we weren't, we made the course not to be a profit center. Uh, we wanted to be education, but what we found out is other agents and other advisors <laughs> started joining our course and trying to take our stuff, you know. Uh, but the funny thing is, once you put a price tag on it, those guys stopped, uh, stopped right. going, but there is a lot of value there, but Dan, what we've done for, as a thank you for being, letting us be on your uh, podcast, uh, we actually have a free link that if they use this link, they're going to they, they will be able to get free access to the old course and there be grandfathered in when the, when the, when the updated course is live. That, that link, yeah. that link is going to be infinitewealthconsultants.com backslash two smart assets. And Danny, I'll make sure I get you the link so you can put it in the show notes. Yeah, that, that is awesome. I really appreciate you guys doing that for our listeners. That's a, that's a fantastic uh, way to get them in there and uh, a great, great learning experience as well. We're going to make sure to put all that stuff in the show notes, guys. Uh, so our listeners can uh, go and find that, reach out you know, to you guys and then sign up for the course. Um, Guys, really seriously, we're gonna have to get you guys back on the show. Uh, you know, probably here, you know, shortly, just uh, so we can dive more into this because I feel like we could really talk about this for a while. But uh, yeah, we could. We'd love. We'd love that, Danny. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But I uh, really appreciate you guys taking the time with speaking today. It's been absolutely awesome. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thank you, and uh, go make a fantastic day. Take care. Hey, thanks for listening to today's episode. Head over to iTunes to subscribe to the show. And while you're there, we really appreciate you leaving a rating and written review. If you have any questions or topics you'd like to hear on the show, connect with us on social media or through our website at twosmartassets.com. We look forward to speaking to each and every one of you. Talk to you soon.